is episode six of Project Studio Tea Break. I am Mike Senior and I am here with John Witten, performer, musical director, composer, extraordinaire, and we are going to be surveying the Project Studio world, enlightening it with the epic brilliance of our... No, I can't possibly say that. <laughs> I, don't think, I, don't think, oh, I, I lost interest halfway through with that one. That was going so well. You had such momentum. That was, was, was near Shakespearean there, Mike. <laughs> well, you see, it's because I'm still post-holiday. I'm still aching, <laughs> <laughs> aching from too much volleyball. I'll tell you what, the Germans really do take their holiday seriously because I'm on a campsite in, in Italy with the family and there are loads of Germans on it. Mm-hmm. And I was on the beach playing volleyball in a thunderstorm. <sighs> With a tornado in view. <laughs> and it really? was still like 12.15, your serve. <laughs> it's like, oh, bloody hell. That's some Top Gun day after tomorrow nonsense. It's the first time I've ever seen a tornado. It, it was one of those water spouts. It was out at sea. But it must have been like four or five miles away. I don't know what it was, but it was clearly visible. But that's like all like the, the, the triangly shape thing all spinning around. I saw it forming and everything. You saw the cone forming and then it came down to the classic kind of slightly wispy S shape. Oh my goodness. That's, that's epic. It was, it was fabulous. I can't imagine a more heavy metal volleyball game. Oh, it was epic. Oh. So I've been hardcore holidaying. You absolutely <laughs> and I'm just, I've come home to recuperate now. <laughs> You need a bit of a break after that. Well, what about you? I'm good, thank you. I'm, I've just come back from the UK. I live in Berlin, as you know, and I was in the UK for a few days uh, doing the hometown reshow of the show that I took to Edinburgh this year called Fandango, which was good fun. It was nice. Uh, the cast hadn't performed the show or thought about the show for four <laughs> weeks, so we got there in the yeah. morning and we tried to do a run, and no one, oh wow, no one knew their lines around. <laughs> no one knew the music. <laughs> okay, imagine that you get something from IKEA. Yeah, but um, mm. and and you you have the instructions are clear and and concise, but none of the parts are with it. You just have to kind of find things around the house, <laughs> <laughs> like they might screw into other things, and you hope that you still have a workable desk lamp at the end of it. Yeah, that yeah. was that was kind of the Epic. that was kind of the vibe, but it was good fun. Well, oh, I mean, as if excitement could not get to a higher fever pitch. Let's take it up a gear. Let's... We have our second patron this month. Our second patron! Second oh. patron, and not just any patron. It is a full gold-plated Kit Kat grade, highest level patron. M- my... We, we bow. We are not worthy <laughs> in the presence of Nathan, our Kit Kat champion. Nathan, welcome to the tribe. Welcome to the crew. Welcome to the extremely exclusive club. I have here his his a sponsored Kit Kat. It is actually here. And in fact, brilliantly, I noticed just before we started podcasting that the little hashtag thing they have on the side mm. says, uh, maybe, maybe you can read it. I'll see if I can line it up with the camera. My break. It says my break, Nathan. Isn't it perfect? It is Nathan's break. This is Nathan's sea break. Synchronicity in, in the extreme. It couldn't have been better placed. Now, just to be clear, yeah, because I don't want our other patron yeah. to feel neglected and forgotten. No, certainly not. We are still daily appreciative to our other hordes of follower. <laughs> <laughs> But, but Nathan, welcome to the fold, welcome to the family. We're not outnumbering our patrons any longer. Oh, thank It's a milestone. You. This is something that I got told, this was an, an urban legend about the Edinburgh Theatre Festival, which I go to every year, <laughs> right. is that if the cast outnumbers the audience, then you don't have to perform. Oh, now, right. I can I can tell you, sadly, from personal experience, this is not actually the case. This is just... <laughs> but it is exciting now to be at least matched by our listeners. So, um, yes. So, hey there. And uh, we also have follow-up 
from some of our previous follow up. My uh, goodness me! Previous items. The best mics for hand to hand combat continues to run and run. That's been a particularly contentious issue. It's it really fertile has. ground for conversation, to be sure. The first bit of follow up comes from the antidote to all parental hubris. My daughters. One of whom <laughs> oh, yeah. said in response to me saying, "Oh wow, we got a reply from Siri." Yeah. She said, "Wow." That means you actually have a listener. <laughs> what? Wow, don't that on hits? It does. But uh, Lara, the younger one, when I was on holiday and just kind of lounging around and not shaving very often, mm. she started calling me Baby Hagrid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. We are an ego-free zone around here, believe you me. <laughs> oh, I think you would have to be. I think you would absolutely have to be to surprise. That is... To survive, sorry, that is that is a needlepoint bit of satire there. That is, um, well, I hope I never get seen. And you can tell the other daughter that actually we have two listeners. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. When you're old enough to smoke a pipe. <laughs> Bubble pipes, are those still a thing? Those are huge when I was, when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, the, the, the second bit of follow-up is more technical. It's more serious. It's more, oh, yeah. Okay, let's, let's get know, real. He's been listening carefully. He's seen the, the structure and the force of our argument, mm-hmm. but he spotted a hole. He no. spotted a whole area we hadn't discussed. No, impossible. Which is, of course, can't you in some way use phantom power to your advantage? <laughs> <laughs> We've already talked about a mic with a laser in it. I'm surely it's only a short step from laser to taser. Is that is that Nathan's pun? No, no. I okay. just thought, well, I was gonna, just... He's one step away from replacing me as co-host. He sponsored that pun. This this pun is brought to you <laughs> by by the wonderful Mr. Nathan. Mm. Um, okay, it's a nice pun. I like it because you can you can you can blind them, and then as they're stumbling about the stage, just kind of set up some fireworks of um <laughs> of nine volts. What's phantom power again? I forget. Forty-eight. For forty-eight volts. That's enough to take down a bull elephant. <laughs> I'm not an electrician, but I believe that volts work on the same scale as horsepower. All right. Uh, which is to say that one volt is enough to knock one horse unconscious. <laughs> so forty-eight <laughs> volts by my back of the envelope math. That's that's like huge. That's like a, a Tesla co- turning the whole stage into a Tesla coil. It's a whole stampede. It completely. That is that is the stampede stopper, which was the original yeah. name for phantom power. Fun fact, music, music history fact. <laughs> or at the very least, you just kind of plug it into the grill of an SM58 and you have that whole thing like flickering and buzzing like one of those plasma balls. You know the things, with, they're kind of glass balls and if you put your finger on them, they zzz into your finger. Yeah. I know the ones. There was a point in the 80s that pretty much any either magician or anyone like kind of uh, Tony Ball or someone who was doing like science demonstrations, they'd always be pictured with one of those things. One of them and, and a lava lamp next to it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, about, about the same era. <laughs> Man, technology sometimes feels like it's gone backwards. Smartphones are fine, but they're nothing on lava lamps. Yeah. What's the young bachelor amount about town meant to put on his shag carpet these days? What's the, maybe that's... I'll send that in for a question yeah, next month. I mean, um, you're wasting material here. <laughs> Particularly as Daniel Blapart has also sent us a question, but but more of that later. Wait, what? I know. I shouldn't have said that while you were drinking. No, you shouldn't. That's huge. <laughs> we can justify our mailbag now. That poor dusty burlap sack that is sat sad and alone in the corner. With kind of a dead moth in it. And the very real question that we've answered before now, which were yes, very definitely indeed. from real people. From Morge, for example. Morge Jekyll. Morge uh, Jekyll. Uh, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> Long-time listener. <laughs> right, now, another bit of follow-up. Yes. This is also from the Face Palm of the Month last month. And this is one that one of the things that I was doing on holiday was flopping by the pool doing nothing. But Gorgeous. And those occasional breaks when I wasn't doing nothing, I was reading a Jordan Peterson book that a friend of mine had recommended to me, in which he talks about a psychological experiment that really struck a chord with me related to my last month's Face Palm of the Month, that thing of me just not noticing the hi-hat or you not noticing the kick drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is an experiment called the Invisible Gorilla Experiment, which is just a brilliant name for an experiment. The Invisible Gorilla Experiment. Uh, from a, a researcher called Daniel Simons, who clearly has a really good sense of humour. But here's the scene, right? It's all to do with a video. He shows the subject a video. Mm. And the video is two teams of three players, right? Each team has different coloured T-shirts on. So there's one white team and one black team. Okay. And each team has a basketball. And the three players of the team are just throwing the basketball between them. Okay. Passing it back and forwards. But while they're doing it, they're walking around each other and swapping places and weaving in and out of each other while throwing the ball between the teams. So it's quite a kind of a visual thing to look at. Okay. And what the subjects were asked to do in this 30-second or minute-long video, they were asked to count the number of times the white team passed the ball. Okay. Right? And it, it, the answer was 15 times. Spoilers. But what they didn't say was that in the middle of the video, a guy in a comedy gorilla suit just saunters on from the side of the screen right into the middle of the group of players. What? Looks at the camera, beats his chest in kind of comedy style, <laughs> and then saunters off the other side. It takes about like 15 or 20 seconds, this whole thing. <laughs> and brilliantly, half of the subjects didn't see him. No. It was like, well, how many passes did you count? And then the next question was, and did you see the gorilla? <laughs> and half of them didn't see him. And half of them hadn't noticed the gorilla. And the thing is, he's not subtly in the background. He walks right through the group of players. That's that's remarkable to me. Mental. I Mental. absolutely that's, have to try that. The video is on YouTube. Okay. Look it up. I mean, obviously, you can't see it for the first time if I've explained it to you in this the same way. This is arguably true. But look at it and think half of the people who looked at this video when they didn't know there was a gorilla coming on didn't see the gorilla. Just didn't and spot it is the gorilla. flabbergasting. That is magnificent. I, it just must be some of the most charismatic passing and capture <laughs> that you've ever seen that is my first guess that everyone just throws with this athletic poise this Grecian agility well, it's the fact obviously they're all naked like the Olympic Greeks I mean that that distracts you more minor details there. <laughs> or they're in fact all dressed as gorillas that would also make it less easy to realise yeah it would blend in mm -hmm. and in passing there was a second uh, experiment that was also just brilliant in this way but it's from a slightly different reason it's the same guy and what he did was he got a, uh, a psychological researcher who was kind of undercover just as a member of the public mm. to stop some guy in the middle of a park holding a map in his hand and say to the guy, oh, look, uh, can you tell me how I can get to so-and-so? Yeah. And the guy would start directing him to wherever he wanted to go, knowing where it was. Okay. But in the middle of their conversation, after about maybe 10 seconds of this exchange, mm. a couple of workmen <laughs> holding a door between them are walking along the path and come between them. And of course, this has all been planned, although the bystander doesn't realise this. Mm. And as it passes, one of the workmen swaps positions with the experimenter. No! <laughs> and a completely different person then reapproaches the subject to continue the conversation. <gasps> and again, 50% of the people didn't noticed that's so good he calls it change blindness this is one of the reasons why so many like film editing non sequiturs don't get spotted 
you know, when someone's wearing a watch in one scene and not in the other, because you're not paying attention to that. And again, I think this has a relationship to engineering things, because this is why I'm always so worried about plugins dropping their presets in the background. If I find a, a plugin where I've set it up and I come back, having saved the session and come back later, and I notice that it's just reset itself, mm-hmm. that's just a reason why I would never, ever use that plugin again. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. irrespective of how much of a huge difference it made it being reset... I don't want to be playing that kind of mind game. Yeah. Because I know that I won't necessarily spot it if I'm concentrating on something else. It's so easy to miss. This week, there's a backing track for a theatre show that I'm working on. And I came back to it one morning and it just felt it just felt a bit sluggish. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I couldn't quite work out why. And I I played with like adding some twiddly bits higher up in the piano. To use the technical term. To, to, to use the, uh, the musical technical term. <laughs> twiddly bits TM. For this we get an education. Um, and it was after far, far too long that I realised that I had somehow, at the beginning of this session, slipped my rate slider oh. down to 0.9, which yeah. slowed it down to 90% and dipped everything in pitch oh, yeah. by, like, by like a major sixth or something. So it was <laughs> hugely lower and hugely slower than I'd ever heard it before. But, but I didn't plug into that. Yeah. I was just like, God, what a drab dirge I've managed to write. What an absolutely, you know, just dull piece of music. And then you returned it to its correct speed and it sounded like Mickey Mouse and Alvin the Chipmunk. You couldn't be more right with all the edits I made and just trying to, like, <laughs> tamping down the low end and whatever it <laughs> horrible and glassy and ugh, 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 just gross. That's exactly the reason why if I do a mix, send it off to someone and they say, oh, can you just change something? Almost always I'll take the mix and null test it, like phase cancel it against the previous version just to double check that I've not accidentally muted something. Or just, and the number of times that saved me from making some change I hadn't realised I'd made or there's something I've muted while doing something else that I hadn't realised I'd muted or bypassed an effect or something. And it just points it out. That's such a good idea. I'd never, I'd never heard of that technique. That's a genius way of doing it. Just to make sure you haven't dropped an instrument or something somewhere in the in the process. Absolutely. Because it's so easy to do when you're concentrating on the exact vocal level or the amount of reverb or something. And suddenly a tambourine disappears in the background. <laughs> I, I hope there's no one out there in the world who's under the impression we know what we're doing. I feel that would just be grossly mis-selling ourselves. You know, we are <laughs> flailing as best we can. So I've been surveying the news landscape through my binoculars of of lack of vision. And <laughs> I, had, I had such hope for that intro. Laser guy, and I was thinking, eagle-eyed, hawkish attention. Yeah, I mean, all my analogies are burning out early today. <laughs> I've got a, an analogy dearth. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not good. Sounds... It's, it's a bit like, you know, um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, God, I've known you long enough. That one shouldn't have got me. (laughs) You shouldn't have gone for that one. Anyway, anyway, back to the matter in hand. Into my purview, into my crosshairs, have come the company Zynaptic. Do you know Zynaptic? I don't know Zynaptic. Tell me about Zynaptic. They're a fabulous company. They do some really very cool and slightly brain-melting plugins. They've got a reputation for doing really quite innovative stuff. Okay. They do uh, something called Unveil, for example, that can take reverb out of things, low-level details out of things. They've got one called Unmix Drums that enables you to kind of remix drums after they've been bounced down to a stereo file. It's got a tremendous, like, Morphe vocoder thing called Morph. That sounds like a lot of fun. So, in principle, I'm a real fan of Zynaptic. I think they do great stuff. Mm. And the latest plugin is something called 
intensity. Ooh. And so initially I thought, oh, kind of Zynaptic, this is great. But it's just another one of these plugins that just annoys me. I'm getting really annoyed by certain <laughs> plugins now. One of the banner things, or the headline aspects of this is that it uses AI and facial recognition technology. And here's the blurb, right? I'll read some of the blurb. Uh, basically, I was just trying to find out what the hell this thing did, because they're often a little bit brain melting. Okay. So I was reading the blurb, and the blurb says, brings out a sound's inherent detail, increases its perceived loudness and density, and adds insane amounts of clarity. Now, my first question is, what is an insane amount of clarity? <laughs> no, don't make it's, it that clear. That's crazy. That's more than I needed to know. <laughs> my first question, is this a compressor? Now, that was exactly the kind of question I was thinking. So I read further. Making sounds sound more like themselves. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell me this is an April Fool's something. It reminds me of that Seinfeld the movie trailer mm. where, where the guy who does all the trailer voices was making the, taking the mickey out of all his catchphrases. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there were a couple of that he said like, when your life is no longer your own or when everything he knows is wrong. It's a phrase like that. It makes them sound more like themselves. What the hell does that mean? No one knows. Anyway, so I'm still none the wiser about what the hell this thing does. Mm -hmm. Excels at attaining maximum loudness and creating a beautifully aggressive tone. So maybe it's some kind of tonal change thing? I, I don't know. I, so let's see if I can find any more detail. I go kind of deep, deeper into the product page. And this is about the most detailed it gets, right? Mm -hmm. A combination of advanced neural network-based analysis, more buzzwords, yeah. and proprietary input and output transforms, what the hell are those, is used <laughs> to separate the signal into broad strokes and detail features. By boosting the details, the sound's unique characteristics are amplified. Uh. So uh, tell me, John, though, <laughs> what, what processing do you think is involved with this? <laughs> oh... This is the bit that they write so that people can understand what their thing does, right? Like, I've got nothing against there being incredibly complicated stuff going under the hood. But at least make a token stab at well, it. Well, yeah, like, uh, this is word salad that you're giving me at the moment. <laughs> and that's the most detailed it ever gets. Really? Oh, so it basically, the subtext of this is that they're marketing it as a control that says, make it better, written on it. Right, yeah, yeah, the, the improve switch. This is supported by the GUI of the thing, the interface of the plugin, which is pretty much just one control that says intensity and you turn that up and you get whatever it is the plugin does more mm. and then there's another one that allows you to slightly frequency direct the intensity whatever this thing is and that's called bias so you've got pretty much two controls and a little preset thing that enables you to okay. adjust whatever okay. so I figured well I do like dynamic stuff in a general sense I like what they do mm -hmm. and the only way I'm going to work out what the hell this thing does is actually to try it so I did I'm so glad you did okay Downloaded the demo. was it okay my money my money is it's a compressor Mm -hmm. where they paid the marketing team three <laughs> times as much as they paid the audio engineer. Because, you know, I mean, it brings out quieter noises. To this plebeian on this side of the mic means makes louder the quieter bits. Yeah. But you can describe it in one handy word we've come up with, which is compressor. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I tried it. Mm -hmm. And from the description that they give... I can confirm that it, it does seem to pretty much do what it says on the tin. No. It makes things sound clearer. It makes things sound more aggressive. makes them sound more forward and more loud. So, yeah, it does what it says on the tin. But. I was so hoping there was a but. I, I wasn't, ready to, wasn't ready to welcome this. I'm to still holding on to my that. cynicism here. But. What's this but? Once I'd heard the thing and thought, okay, what is this doing? Listening to it. Mm. I was then able to get basically equally useful results using a parallel compressor and an EQ. So what here is worth paying? Do you want to guess the price? Oh, do I? Okay, let's let's. Okay, but 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 some things need to be expensive. Let's do the price 
per user interface parameter. Okay, <laughs> so per button that I can interact with, I would, I would, you know what? I would happily part with thirty-five euros or seventy euro cost. Okay, total. Now, if I were to tell you that you're about to get a strong sense of déjà vu mm-hmm. in relation to some TC electronic product we've covered previously <laughs> <laughs> that we've had in chat, might you revise that estimate slightly? <laughs> no, because my estimate is what I would be willing to pay for it, and that that's going nowhere. That is that is chiselled down in well, stone. In which case, you will join me in snorting derisively <laughs> at the three hundred and eighty euro oh price my tag, God. or three hundred and eighty dollars, depending on whether you're in the states or not. Right. So on the on the face of it, my instinct is, why did they need to say for like a parallel dynamics EQ, even if it's a spectral dynamics process, they could at least say that and say it's like fast compression in lots of bands at a low level, and then you can turn those up. That's a thing. That's the, those are words that we know. Just roughly what I did to try and mimic the same effect. To redo it. No, obviously it's not exactly the same, but if I were looking for the effect that intensity creates, I could do it in that way without spending 380 euros, right? I, I it also it. just, yeah. it's tedious with products like this that pretty much anything you do is going to make it sound A, louder, and be brighter. <laughs> and anything that makes something brighter and or louder is always going to make it sound better when you hit the bypass button. Right. Right. And the little um, loudness compensation scheme that they have is not something that applies a, a static offset to the gain. It actually tracks the input against the output in real time, which to some extent is good because then if you use the bypass button, you are actually getting a decent loudness match. But as you adjust the control, it takes the automatic volume compensation a while to catch up. So every time you push the control up, it momentarily gets louder. Oh, and it will sound better because you hear everything. So obviously when I was doing my own tests, I loudness matched it. And then it's like, well, the difference between what I've done here with a, a parallel compressor and some EQ mm-hmm. is not 380 euros less good than intensity. <sighs> than, than what they've got. But what really annoys me overall is the trend that this kind of plugin embodies. Mm. It's this chuck a bunch of buzzwords at it and do something that is not particularly special or in fact might be completely underwhelming or might be just snake oil. <laughs> A couple of things I immediately think of in this context. Um, uh, have you ever heard of Isotopes Neutron? Uh, yes. And it has a track assistant function. Oh, okay. I, I reviewed the first uh, release of this product for the magazine. And again, this was all lots of, oh, it's analysing the track, it's reacting responsively, it's all, all um, artificial intelligence. And it was just a preset matrix. Yeah, it yeah. was completely unresponsive and totally unintelligent. And then there's something like Lander. It's a website where you can upload your track mm-hmm. and they print themselves money. No, no, sorry, what I meant was... <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, sorry. Freudian slip there. No, you upload your track to their site and they stick it through some mastering preset that's supposedly all AI informed and reactive to your of track and various other, well. and then send it back to you and it's louder and probably a bit brighter. <laughs> is my mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. And, and you listen to them side by side and that's better. It's pretty much the definition of a pointless service for me. Right. I mean, obviously, they have a hundred reasons why it isn't, but I just think it's ridiculous and I just think it's stupid people being parted from their money frankly <laughs> if you'll pardon me for stepping lightly and beating around the bush here <laughs> I will forgive your excessive levels of decorum and politeness yeah there is a service which fortunately for them I cannot remember the name of um, <laughs> at the moment I they could hide beneath the fig leaf of anonymity of my broad spectrum amnesia <laughs> um, this is artificial intelligence this is neural networks this is probably blockchain oh yeah undoubtedly high vitamin and low cholesterol <laughs> (laughs) But um, it's a service 
where you select what you're doing and it gives you productivity music oh, to do yes. with it. This whole uh, area, I mean, this again, I was reading a little bit around the subject and there was a big article in the Sound on Sound this month about how artificial intelligence is being used in music making and in music apps and stuff. And all of that is just horrible to read. Mm. You know, they're all very excited and frothing about it. And the examples they give, all of them I go, uh, actually, I'd rather it didn't do that. Yeah, completely. An example it gave was, okay, uh, what if artificial intelligence could look at a number of different compressed vocals, look at the characteristic of the vocal itself and look at the compressed things and from that, build a model of how a good compressed vocal should sound. And that, the very concept of that, shows that the designer of the thing doesn't understand the way mixing works. That basically, they're trying to make it sound good, and mixing isn't about making it sound good, it's about making it <laughs> fit together. Yep. Yeah, artificial intelligence is the idea that computers can learn. Uh, yeah. And that people are going on about that, oh, isn't it great that they can learn, and no one's thinking about the quality of the teaching, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well said. What we need is we need real teachers for artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they'll learn a bunch of rubbish. I mean, it's sadly similar to children. If I was feeling kind, I would put it down to ignorance. But There's no need on this podcast. No, no, there absolutely <laughs> is not. This one talked throughout about how the music was rich in frequency modulation. <laughs> it made no attempt to get any more deep into that. Well, you know, I mean, if, if I were playing in a bar, I'd expect lots of requests of, hey, play me one with frequency modulation in it. Frequency <laughs> is how many times something happens over time, and modulation <laughs> is literally just change. So frequency modulation can mean one note becoming another note, okay? It can mean a long note being wobbly. It can mean a key change. It can mean anything from something happening 20,000 times a second to once in 10 minutes. It's the most meaningless <laughs> phrase. And also, doesn't rich in frequency modulation sound a whole lot less impressive when you express it in real language like that? Precisely. And it's just, it's cynical and it's did you ever hear about this report that some guy did? In fact, I think it was an ongoing report. I think he did it every few years, where he looked at the annual general meeting reports for FTSE 100 companies and compared the opacity of the language with the results of the company and found a clear correlation between more opaque annual general meeting reports and poorer performance. That is hilarious. The better the performance, the clearer they were willing to express it, whereas the worse the performance, the more they were trying to obfuscate and wrap it up in jargon. And I think that something along this lines will be a very good rule of thumb with any plugin. You know, the more they reference AI and neural networks and facial recognition, mm -hmm. instead of actually telling you how the plugin functions, yeah. the more they're probably selling snake oil. Okay, so here's what I would ask for you just so we can we can try and get some conflict mm. on this agreement fest of a podcast um <laughs> which is let's say that i am oh I don't know, let's say i'm a youtube musician i'm a songwriter okay to be honest i'm not interested in learning to be a producer but my mm -hmm. recordings they just sound a bit like uh, me really <laughs> <laughs> i shouldn't have let that one out letting all sorts <laughs> of things slip my recordings sound a little bit amateurish a little bit thin yeah, yeah. and i've got money to burn is this going to be something i can just plug in and play i just pop it in on my track turn it up some and it does improve my sound yeah i suppose it'll make them louder and brighter <laughs> so if you want that yeah to be honest real life is a lot duller than recorded music is i mean the editor of sound on sound used to say the problem with life is it has too much 350 hertz <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I'm stealing that one before the day's done. That's amazing. Records are just generally smilier than real life is. So I can get that. But this is another thing they were talking about in this SOS article. There was lots of, we see ourselves as enabling creativity by allowing people with absolutely no technical skill to generate music. Mm. (laughs) Haven't we already got too much music? Hmm. Actually, why shouldn't we expect people who put out music to have put some disciplined effort into it? It ceases to become an issue of trying to create something that is, you know, art music and becomes something that is just fun stuff that you send around to your mates that you come up with some stupid running joke <laughs> a bit like us mm-hmm. and then turn it into, <laughs> a bit like us. and then turn it into a song and just send it to your mates well i mean what well, we could do it straight away we could go dum, 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 mics for hand to hand combat do, 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 do. There you go. Because I know the sound <laughs> delay on Skype is gonna make that sound really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is great. That's a viral sensation see, straight see away. See, listeners, there. that's how easy it is to make a brilliant piece of music. We could send that to our friends if we had any. <laughs> We'll send hey, them to each hey, other. Nathan, Nathan, <laughs> expect expect a couple of emails from us yes. this week. <laughs> like, that was awful. <laughs> And now it is time. Oh, yes, it is. It, it is. We've got there. We've arrived there. You are with us, and congratulations on that. Ah, oh, it's time to meditate on our failures, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's time for Face Palm of the Month. We have drawn straws and picked the ballot, and... And you face palmed your straw draw. I have. I have somehow I managed to... <laughs> I just managed to pick someone's finger instead. It was, it was very strange. Um, straw reminds me of a hay bale race. Have you ever done a hay bale race, Mike? No. It's, apparently it's a German tradition. Oh, right, right. You get in teams and you race... You, you roll these huge hay bales along. Oh, one of the ones, the big circular ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's one... That sounds like fun. It's so much fun. There was one <laughs> last weekend in Berlin... Do they have hay in Berlin? I mean, I thought it was far too urban. They ship it in. They ship it I in. I was going to say, I've imported hay. <laughs> they do. They, it comes, it comes That's from... That's so Berlin. I've, imported hay bales. It's artisan. <laughs> it's, it's special scented oils in it. Platted. And of course, it's fancy dress, which in Berlin means like more tight leather than you expected to see on Saturday afternoon. But, but hey. It's like the village people on each. It really is. It really, really very much is. And that has, that has nothing to do with my face palm. That was entirely... Uh, <laughs> Wander off. My face palm comes from when I was interning at a rather nice venue in London, part of my very classical music days. Ah, right. And um, one of my duties on one night mm. was to come on and set up for a singer who was about to sing. You've not had much luck with singers, have you? We've had it's a long-running theme. <laughs> they, we are. We're not natural allies. It, it would be fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> my, my tasks were very simple. I went out with uh, with her music folder and a music stand. Oh, yeah, right. I set up both on, you know, the stage was spiked. It was marked up already. So it seems disarmingly straightforward. How could I mess this up, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> How could this go wrong? So I did and that, and I think it was a chair as well because it was a, a long rest. Yeah. And um, I go to exit stage right, as you would, <laughs> ready for the... 
Sing it to come on. Thing is, though, as soon as I've set these up, as I'm about to leave yeah. the packed auditorium. Oh, so I see. So this is between numbers at the show. Yes. You come on and you come and set up the stage in front of the whole audience. Okay, right, right. I get it now, right? Yes. Oh, well, this is up the stakes tremendously. Fabulous. Go on. This is not a dry run, Mike. This is this is showbiz. This is the real deal. Um, of course, you've done it perfectly in rehearsal. I had. I look, Tech was great. Dress was great. <laughs> My training had all been worth it. As I went to leave, the audience broke into rapturous applause. And it occurred to me this was strange, but I thought, well, that's kind of them, I suppose. And so I stopped and I gave an appreciative bow yeah. to my public and I left and was greeted by a furious stage manager who, without a word, pointed and showed me that the singer had entered the stage and that is for whom the audience was applauding. <laughs> And I later found out, from the singer's point of view, what happened was she started to walk on stage. There was an appropriate level of applause. The techie took a bow for no discernible reason. The techie took a bow and she had to stop because otherwise she was going to walk into me at this stage. Oh, God, Mike, it was... That's got everything, doesn't it? You couldn't have made it up. That's... Beautifully stage managed. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that if you were doing that in a kind of a theatre farce, that would take just hours of rehearsal to get the timing of that perfect it would to get that level of cringe oh that is a fine example so i was kept backstage after that <laughs> i lost less my client facing than before compli- i lost my visibility privileges um <laughs> through that through that minor escapade <laughs> so john hey mike let me ask you have you ever encountered people lamenting about how great music used to be back in the 60s or back in the 80s or back, well, no, never in the 80s of course but back in the 70s <laughs> or that music was much better in this era or that era than it is now I am familiar with this phenomenon you've heard it once or twice haven't yeah. you yeah and fundamentally I can't agree with that and there are various reasons you know uh, even if you look back into like the ones that are usually referenced like the 60s or the 70s you look back to the 60s you know you've got you know your Beatles your Stones your Motown they're churning out great stuff but if you look at the like number one in the billboard. In between all the hits, you got things like Dominica the Singing Nun. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the Billboard charts. Wait, 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 I can tell, I can tell there's a list here, but I need to take a moment. Oh my goodness. Then you've got Tommy James and the Shondells singing Hanky Panky. <laughs> I suppose that one's registered in your in the global consciousness, has it? No, no. No, that one hasn't stuck around somehow. There you go, some dreadful mercy beat thing. Oh, wow. I, I'd never heard it. I listened to it on YouTube, but it sounds like even they aren't taking themselves seriously. <laughs> it's like they can't believe that they're getting away with it. They've got a dreadful pro-Vietnam thing by Barry Sadler called The Ballad of the Green Berets that oh, is wow. execrably sung dreadfully sung in a uniform like straight back in the in the little video that's, oh it's that's... definitely worth checking out that was top of the billboard oh wow okay well, these, these are all going to be on the and user manual do you know Paul Moriart's Love is Blue I, I don't know Paul Moriart's Love is Blue no was that popular apparently number one for five weeks oh my goodness <laughs> this is the golden age of music I know so I mean I just think it's time that weeds out the crap and so you think it was better in hindsight right because it's all concertinaed and in fact I did a lot of busking when I was at college. I basically bussed my way through college. And one of the groups that I bussed with a lot because it was easy to organise was two violins. Mm. And there's really not much repertoire for two violins. Mm. There's the Bach double and there's the odd bit of Mozart. There's a violin and viola thing you can transcribe. 
but that's about it. So I went on the hunt mm-hmm. and I came up with a set of duets by a guy called Jacques Matsas and there was another one by Ignaz Pleil, you might have heard of him. Yeah. Really, really second and third rate classical composers <laughs> that sound a bit like Haydn and Mozart but aren't nearly as good. Okay. And if you go into the music libraries and you're searching for all this third rate classical stuff, you really realise why Mozart, Beethoven, all these other ones, <laughs> Schubert, have survived. Have shone through. Yeah. God, I can still sing the first 24 bars of some of those Matsas <laughs> duos and they are just such low quality music played for hours and hours and hours it's it's an emotional scar still that will lock it into your head well I think that's some bonus content Mike (laughs) singing the first 24 bars anyway so fundamentally I'm utterly against the idea that music were better in the day you know Mm -hmm, it's mm. all gone to pot however I have been shaken to my roots this month because it suddenly occurred to me that I might finally be thinking the equivalent of policemen getting younger. <gasps> I think it might finally have happened to you. You old man, you. You're over the hill. Yeah, so I'm hoping you can, you can help me here, John. I will do everything I can. The thing is, I'm concerned that the words being used in lyrics over time are dumbing down, that they're getting shorter. Uh, interesting. So my question to you is... What is the longest word in terms of syllables that you've heard in a chart hit in the last, like, ten years? Oh, okay. This is tricky. And then the things I can give you the background. This is why I'm concerned, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be that, uh, like, a five-syllable word was nothing that special back in the 50s and 60s. I mean, you've got, like, unforgettable. I mean, there's, there's a five straight away. Or, yeah. Or, you irreplaceable, you. There's another one. Or, uh, Cliff Richard, you're like, congratulations. Yeah. There's a five. And celebrations, just going straight from one to the other. They're, they're tripping off. The one that made me think of this question was I was sitting by the pool on holiday at the campsite and all of a sudden, Lay All Your Love On Me came on, the ABBA song. Yeah. And that's got an absolute corker. I used to think I was sensible. It makes the truth even more incomprehensible. Oh, what a rhyme. That floors me every time. Then I remembered the king of all long word songs, as far as I'm aware, which is from The Carpenters, calling occupants of interplanetary craft. That's that's a (laughs) seven-syllable behemoth, that is. Wow. I just had to count myself. I mean, the thing is, I wonder whether they were doing it for a bet or something, because there should be some (laughs) kind of special achievement award for them. Because in that same song, there's a five-syllable... Extraordinary, yeah, and there are four different four syllable ones there's capacities, recitation, emissaries, and interstellar. I think they were just doing it for a laugh, they were deliberately trying to do it. It sounds like a bet that's been won, doesn't it? But since then, even since like 2000, I can think of some things before 2000, Mm -hmm. like you've got um, uh, Californication, that's six, okay, not strictly a word, but we'll let them have that. The most recent one I found that is really a clear chart song that has a six-syllable word in. You won't believe who it is. Uh-uh. It's so solid, crew. No. And they managed to slip the word institutionalised into a rap, and that's a solid six syllables. Now, did you hear these reports that Eminem was supposed to have the widest vocabulary in popular music? Um, I, I didn't, but I, I can well believe it. Some guy did a, an analysis of all the lyrics of various different artists, and Eminem came out on top. But I wasn't able to find anything more than five in Eminem. Eminem was what I was about to try and think through his songs. Because I've got Discriminated. Okay. So that's a cleaning up my closet. And, and in Lose Yourself. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Opportunity, that's five. Yeah, that's another but five. I couldn't find a six. Interesting. And those are both 2002. A couple others I'd point out, Radiohead Electioneering, that's five. 
and uh, the Beastie Boys, Intergalactic. That's another five. But again, we're, we're, this is old stuff. Yeah, this is all old stuff. Where, I mean, I was thinking, oh, a titanium. No, no, that's four. Yeah, um, the first one that came to my mind was Bulletproof by LaRue. That's three. I, I'm here getting excited about three-syllable words. I know. You think of long words. or I mean, again, I thought, oh, outrageous. I thought, I oh, know that's only three. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but it just it feels long, doesn't it? It does. Okay, I've got your four. Mm, okay. Which is Lady Gaga's Alejandro. Paparazzi also. Thank you, Gaga, for getting us up to those common fours. Well, we already had fours. We already had titanium. No, no, that's true. That's true. In fact, anything with everybody in the title is going to have four. So I just picked a random song out of my head, and it's um, Only Girl in the World by Rihanna. I like this song. Yeah, okay. And it's all literally one-syllable words. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what are you trying I mean, to say? She, okay, she makes the world, word world last for six or seven syllables, but I don't know if that counts. Well, I mean, that's a whole different question. It's like, what's the longest single syllable word ever sung? <laughs> I think, I, I, I will always, that's got to be high on the list. I am torn because all I want to do now is sit very quietly for 10 minutes and try and think of long words and pop songs, but I am aware that that's not the best radio. I did a bit of Googling, longest words in pop songs and all this kind of stuff. I couldn't turn up anything. I am I'm struggling to think of anything. Fundamentally, it just means that officially uh, Mars bars are getting smaller. <laughs> Policemen are getting younger and children are getting less respectful. Although, in my research, I did throw up one great little fact. Mm. In 2008, there was a rapper as part of the Dynasty Records Collective, the San Diego rap troupe, who managed, although sadly this wasn't in a charting release really, managed to use the word pneumono ultramicroscopic silicovolcanoconiosis in a rap. <laughs> Talking all my rivals, they counting chronic. You got me comatose. I smoke until I get pneumonia, ultra microscopic silicovolcanoconiosis. Oh. Oh, I think you just drop the mic and retire at that stage. I think. And then a couple of years later, he then rapped that word again in a different rap. <laughs> He's a repeat offender. <laughs> I mean, once you've got it learnt, I think you kind of just have to. Hit us up if you can think of a pop song in a year that starts with a two. Yeah, that has a seven syllable. I mean, I've only found a six. In So Solid Crew. That's the only six-syllable word I've found since 2000. I'm going to say five or up. I would love to hear about anything five or up because yeah. where are they? Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of working my way through Black Eyed Peas. Right to the defence of the youth of today. Yeah. This is an eye-opener. Like, you're making me feel very old and dismissive of modern music. It's contagious, you see. The rot has now started to set in. This is the musical meme version of a virus. It's slowly going to seep in and sap the positivity from anyone working in music today. <laughs> That's what we've done just here. Until Ariana Grande comes out with her single, Anti-Disestablishmentarianism is great. <laughs> Anti-Disestablishmentarianism, number four, letter U. Let's go crazy. Let's go disestablishmentarianism. Completely <laughs> up in this place. My goodness sake. Okay, let us know. If you have been screaming at your phone for the last five minutes, this song, guys, this song, this song. Obviously. Then um, please scream at us in person so that we can give you the shout out you deserve. It's time, once again, to answer that immortal question. What's your jam? To which I can only say... There's our toast folly for this month. This is in honour of our latest patron. This is Kit Kat based. And furthermore, this is a piece of vintage 
imported Isle of Sky Gabbro <laughs> I was using. To, to rub against the serrated edge, is that right? Of the Kit Kat packet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't want to get too self-congratulatory, mm. as much as we love doing that on this podcast, mm. but that was a good sound. I was pleased with it. I would buy that. I mean, it's unlikely, isn't it? I mean, Gabbro is exceptionally good climbing stone, but it's, <laughs> I had not expected it to be so good at Toast Foley. I will be contacting the Sky Tourist Board straight away. Connoisseurs of Toast Foley can take a pilgrimage mm-hmm. to the Isle of Toast Foley. <laughs> okay, so what this isn't, this isn't sourdough, this isn't cheap bread, and this definitely isn't margarine. This is full-fat butter, if not clotted cream, spread on toasted brioche, mm. is I think what we're hearing. It's got this velvety... It's high quality for the discerning podcast patron. Here's to you. Um, so what quality jam are you going to put on this foundation that we've built in our visual memory? I'm going to take us on another little historical romp. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> That's always good for a laugh. Historical, maybe a, maybe slightly oversell, of uh, uh, YouTube phenomena. But this one starts all the way back in the mists of 1999. Oh, crumbs. In, Were you partying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> Let's party like it's today. It's, just doesn't quite have the same ring to it, does it? No, it's, it's not the same kind of payoff, really, is it? In 1999, nothing was happening. No one was excited for anything, if you recall. No. But in this darkness, uh, an alternative rock band called Smash Mouth. Oh, well, right, um, right. Speaking of Smash Mouth. Little did which... they know, their influence would stretch across the years. <laughs> their rise to this level of fame and recognition being mentioned on Project <laughs> Studio. Um, released a song called All Star. And it's one of these songs which is so incredibly pervasive. I don't think anyone hasn't heard it at this stage. In the first few years after its release, it was used as soundtrack for Mystery Men, comedy film, oh, uh, right. Rat Race with Rowan Atkinson, yeah. and, and most notably, the first Shrek film. Oh, it's right. It's the first song in the first Shrek film. Oh, crumbs, right, okay, right. In these ways, it's wheeled itself in to the public imagination. The global consciousness. There we go. Um, it was subject to various meme formats oh, right, over gosh. the years, which don't particularly interest us because they weren't very musical. Um, <laughs> As if going off topic has ever worried us before. <laughs> But then something wonderful and, and miraculous and, and, and excellent happened. Right. A YouTuber called John Sodano recorded him singing the words and uh, tune of Smash Mouth's All Star over the backing of John Lennon's Imagine. And it works weirdly well. Fabulous. It, it really, really does. And he, he now has a channel and a life and an existence that centers around singing over backings of many different songs. All star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> it, it, you know, we jump genres. <laughs> That's even more random than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be the general thing, but it's just Smash Mouth. Just also, it's all star oh, by Smash Mouth over everything, which I think is is such <laughs> pure dedication. It gets better, Mike. It gets even better. Oh, oh, wow! Go on, go on. So at the same time, a programmer called Matt Boosie, right? had just released a video onto Vimeo, which is called Of Oz the Wizard. Have you come across this? No, no. Okay, I I found it when it first came out and it blew my mind. It's an edit of the old film, The Wizard of Oz, in alphabetical order. So it's every word of spoken and sung dialogue has been snipped out and they've been arranged in alphabetical order. So it begins as about 90 seconds of people saying A, 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 A
God. And it closes with every instance of zipper. So it's first organised by words and then chronological. And wow. It's, oh, my, it's musical. It's beautiful. It's actually a really incredible piece of video art. There's my evening shot. <laughs> wow. Of Oz the Wizard by Matt Boosie. It's lovely. But it's another example of that. Taking some idea and running with it well past the point where the wheels have fallen off. Oh, if I completely mix my motorbikes before your legs have fallen off, you know. <laughs> to, you know, the Smash Mouth idea was a cool idea, but then to keep Smash Mouthing lots of different songs. Exactly. And actually, I'm really glad you brought it up in this particular podcast because part of the reason why our new patron has joined us oh, yeah. was because I spotted that he was also interested in a podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time. Oh. With two um, New Zealand comics. Yes, yes. So, do you know it? I'm a huge fan of the worst idea of all time. But do give the give the premise for our listeners. It's two New Zealand comics <laughs> who got together with the premise that they would do a podcast where they watched a film and every week they would give a podcast about the film. Except that instead of changing films like some podcasts, <laughs> they watched the same film <laughs> all year. And they're rubbish films. So the first one was like Grown Ups 2. Grown Ups 2, I yeah. jumped in on the second season, I think, which is Sex and the City 2. And I'm about five episodes in, and it's slowly grinding them down, <laughs> watching Sex and the City 2 all two hours and 20 minutes of it. Every week. And the oh. best thing about season one was that after watching it 52 times, they sat down <laughs> and just from memory, they tried to write out the entire script. Oh, wow. A- along with snarky asides from themselves. And then they got a group of comics to perform their script of <laughs> Grown Ups 2. And, oh, it's an idea that eats itself and then eats itself again, isn't it? It is, but and it gets so kind of incestuous that it somehow it gives life to something that's kind of weird and wonderful entirely its own thing. Exactly. So I was not entirely flattered, perhaps, that someone who likes the worst idea of all time might then graduate <laughs> to us. But I thought it was worth a try. I'm just offended that that relegates this podcast to the second worst idea in the world. <laughs> I, I, I think... Yeah, yeah. So this incredible video of... Oz the Wizard was released and blew my, whatever, 28-year-old mind. And it clearly blew several other people's minds as well because someone then took the trailer for the B-movie. Oh, yeah, another one. Yeah, the, the animated yeah, thing. So, yeah. so there was a trend at the time for making the B-movie trailer, but <laughs> stuff like every time they say the word B, it doubles in speed. <laughs> or every time there's a bad joke, the audio goes down and up. Um, or, as one person did, inspired by this video, it's in alphabetical order. Oh, no. This then cross-pollinated. As you would expect for a B-movie. I mean, surely. Oh, my God. How did I miss that pun? <laughs> totally a bad podcasting, John. I'm on fire today. You are so on it. You are, you are, I'm dropping so many balls and you're catching every single one. Um, YouTuber DPAGE Depage made a all-star by Smash Mouth but it's in alphabetical order. And this was a floodgate moment. That's like come full circle. I mean, it's, it's messing with my... It's like Jacob's Ladder. So my homework for you and, and all our breakers out there yeah. is to get on YouTube and search All Star Butt. Because this has been jumped on by the community in the most incredible way. Oh, there is All Star, but they have wow. isolated the vocals and they've retuned them so that it's to the tune of Country Roads. And the back of this Country Roads, <laughs> but all the words are All Star. There's ones where all different weird things are said. There's one where they have 
melodined everything to the point that it's harmonised as a Bach chorale. Oh, that's fabulous. My, my favourite, which I've just heard today, it, it's in negative harmony. So for, for <laughs> anyone who doesn't know, uh, when you invert a melody, you flip it upside down. So high bits are low bits, low bits are high bits. And negative harmony is just a chromatic inversion around a point halfway between the major and the minor third yeah. of a given key. And it, and it creates this dark shadow twin of the song. And it's beautiful. And this, to me, is the best counter-argument against aren't there enough people able to make and produce and release music? Because unless there were millions, no one would have the idea and the time spare <laughs> to make a Bach chorale all-star. And it's a thing to behold. No, I get that. And, and also, I get the idea that it is precisely because people are around with stuff that you get mm-hmm. random things that eat themselves mm-hmm. someone just combines something in a way that's <laughs> never been done before yeah. and there's something about the collective intelligence isn't it if you get enough stupid people together like you you and me you know yeah. in one spot together they make something that is more intelligent than each individual person it's like the termite heap thing isn't it yep. you know each individual termite isn't intelligent but they create these incredible architectural termite mounds right wisdom of the crowd and the collective intelligence of the internet is generating these things these kind of chaotic events that suddenly sprout up and flower so this is this month's strange rose <laughs> all star but it's uh, I cannot recommend it strongly enough that is the mother of all rabbit holes that is it is it I is. mean I've just seen that there's a playlist here of 50 all star videos all star but star is replaced with Gordon Ramsay insults all star by Smash Mouth but it gets 15% faster every time he <laughs> says the word the uh, all star but it's played on the sharpest tool in my shed so he's playing it on a saw <laughs> Oh, fabulous. There is one There is one that you'll appreciate here. All-star. But every time he says, hey now, the bass boosts 6 dB. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one, that, one that I saw earlier today. All-star. But he never says the same word twice. So any word that has already been sung is just cut from the audio. <laughs> it's really, really, really that good. Is, that is my jam of the month. Top choice. So that was some quality fruit preserve there from John. <laughs> and we still just do have time to squeeze in a quick acknowledgement for our sponsor this month. Uh, of course. Yes, um, we're obviously we're tremendously grateful for their support. So grateful. And it's uh, this month, Russ Andrews, who you may, may well know, the maker, celebrated maker of hi-fi products, mm. particularly specialising in mains technology. Mm-hmm. Products such as the Supercord 500. <laughs> this is their top of the range one meter IEC mains cable. Mm-hmm. 24 individually insulated strands. Lots of absolutely cutting edge RF interference technology here. And only 1,797 uh, euros and nine cents. Saving money. And of course, there's, there's no point in having a product of this quality unless you twin it with their top grade Super Burn In Plus enhancement <laughs> procedure. <laughs> For an extra €166.50. Is that all? They're practically giving it away. I know, it's a bargain. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why I think it's worth going for the Super Burn It Plus as opposed to the the other two grades below that (laughs) for such a high-quality mainscape as this. But, I mean, obviously... As we in the studio community know, hi-fi is not on the same level as professional. I mean, mm. if you want to make stuff for these kinds of audio files, then you've got to make sure that your studio equipment is of a better quality than that. Is up to scratch, yeah. And Ross Andrews have acknowledged this now, and I've decided that in order to achieve this degree of high quality, they need to go beyond the limitations of the entirely passive cable technology they've been using so far. Mm. And so they're now launching their, their new active range. Pioneers. The active Supercord. A mains-powered active active mains cable for the most discerning applications. <laughs> of course they have. 
It's got special sensors on it that they detect damaging electromagnetic radiation and then they use it to eliminate that signal contamination from the mains cable itself. Mm. I mean, like, you know, noise-cancelling headphones. It, it, it is so elegant. It's a tried and trusted technology. Now, Mike, I have one question for you. Yeah. So this excellent piece of mains-powered mains cable is going to need something to plug it into the mains. Well, I mean, obviously, there's a special introductory price of only €3,496.12. But of course, you do need to factor in the Supercord 500 power cable to power it at €1,797.09. <laughs> well, that's if you want to use the passive mains cable. Well, yes. I mean, obviously, there are incremental improvements as you chain together the active Supercord 500s. <laughs> And you must, of course, factor in that each one of those cables will need its Super Burn It Plus cable enhancement routine. And I mean, if you go for the, the simple two-stage active-passive combination, then it's only 333 euros. But obviously, for each stage, you need to add the extra 166 euros 50 cents. Which, for any discerning audiophile, I'm sure will seem pittance for the, for the effect that you can get. And is there a special offer available for tea breakers? Well, that's a special introductory price. It's Russ Andrews slash tea break, and that gets you to the special ordering page that you mm -hmm. can get it at that knockdown price. Incredible. Just snap it up while you can. Yep. And uh, a huge thank to Russ Andrews for their support of the podcast. And it's profit margins such as they have that allow them to, <laughs> to fund such essential listing. <laughs> To allow them to indulge in high arts patronage, such as they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is, is there anything anything you have to plug this month? No. Uh, so that's a point. Though we we are untamable stallions in most aspects of our lives, <laughs> but we are going to tie ourselves as much as we can to a release date. We're going to nail ourselves to the floor. You can expect a brand new sealed package of Project Studio Tea Break for dunking in your tea every first of the month from now on. Mm -hmm. So, um, however many pinches and punches you may be receiving, there is a silver lining now yep. to that single unit day. We are committing. It will be your Project Studio Tea Break. Please do hit us up with questions, comments, ideas, long words from pop songs. <laughs> and if that monthly dose of podcasting gold is not enough for you, then sign up to the Patreon. Sign up to the Patreon. There are weekly extras, outtakes, extra news items, extra Q&A, mm -hmm. more of this kind of quality nonsense happening every week on the Patreon campaign. I'm going to have to check. I think we still do have a couple of Patreon slots left for new Patreons. Is that? Yeah, I think there's at least one spot free. So snap it up while it's still there. Oh, hot, hot cakes it is. <laughs> okay. We've got more highlights from my A-level school reports and my nomination for the worst album ever. <laughs> and, and your views on the best $10 to spend in Project Studio. This is what you're missing. This is what you're missing by not being a patron. I feel sorry for them, really. Me too, me mm. too. Okay, I've mm. now got to get through our Twitter handle. Because... <laughs> get on with it, go on. What are you waiting for? <laughs> we are on Twitter at PSTB Tweets um, and we are on Facebook at PSTB Books uh, and our email Mike is tbreak at projectstudiotbreak.com so send us a feedback or a, some, another question a second question oh, wow. <laughs> a second we question can, we can rub them together lovingly oh, oh. start a question fire <laughs> new name for the segment <laughs> right there um, and until next month we need to think of a sign off we need to um, think of a sign off Mike uh Ta, love you ducks. Ta, love you ducks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>